Welcome to Can You Keep a Secret, part of the Pull Tab Sports family. Well, we got a good show today. We got, um, I guess, a designer, a CEO, an entrepreneur, Michael Jordan. How's that for a name? Um, running Unreal, uh, the clothing brand, the independent clothing brand, and he'll be joining us. But first, Tom, how have you been? What uh, is it accurate to say you're going through a chiropractor phase? <laughs> uh yeah yeah i didn't realize it I, I, a good friend of mine guy wethead from cocktailology cocktailology cross promotion yeah i've been having a ton of problems with my neck and it kind of went and you know kind of came and went and then um he's like you got to go check this out so my my old man god rest his soul was a doctor and he was an anti-chiropractor but it, i think he was always like you know how did he think of chiropractors as a doctor? Was it were they like uh, snake oil salesmen, or maybe more like like a kicker on the football team? I I think he had a more open mind toward okay. chiropractors, but in the sense of if you got a real problem, you go to a doctor. And so um, I, I've gone, and I like it. I mean, it's definitely helped. You know, from a range of motion and from just kind of, because I, I could tell that my life was, you know, my body was just, whoops, my body was just, sorry about that, was uh, just awful. When was the first time you tried it? Did you do it like several years ago and now you're just trying it again? Never. Well, one time I went and, and I did it one time and it was awful. You know what I mean? Like head down, head over the table, yanking down in my head. And honestly, I was just like, yeah, this is this isn't going to work for me. And, and and so now, the, I mean, the, the guys that we go to in White Bear, your neck of the woods, um, they've been great. So here's what's the barrier to entry for me, and I want to see if this is true. I've always heard like the first move is like the head snap kind of situation, yeah. like Cobra Kai, you yeah, know, strike yeah. first. What does it say? Strike first. Uh, no mercy. No mercy. So that whole in like – Okay, welcome to chiropractor town. Now I'm going to do the That's exact weird. same. That's exactly what they say to me when I walk <laughs> they do out. Say yeah. That. Yeah. Or village. So they, and then they grab your head and do the same thing, which would break your head in a movie or break right. your neck, but right. then it makes you feel better. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that's helped me was the first time I went where I didn't go back was I was actually on my back, on my back when he was doing my head stuff. So it was almost like leaning my head over this bed and now I'm on my stomach. So he's more like doing it where my head's down. So I don't feel like this, um, you know, kind of almost like I'm dangling over something. And, you know, I mean, honestly, it's crazy. Like I just go in and it takes five minutes. Boom, boom, boom. And and do you feel energized? You're adjusted? Um, I definitely feel better. Um, it's not perfect yet. It's still kind of, I still have some issues, but what they wanted me to do is kind of go through this process, which, you know, whatever. And then I guess I'll get down to the, down to the um, nitty gritty at the end where I'm only doing it maybe once or twice a month, just coming in real quick and getting an adjustment, but I'm not there yet. But yeah, it's all right. I got to try it. Um, Can You Keep a Secret is sponsored by Will Anderson Insurance. He does home insurance, auto, and now he does commercial insurance. So if you're listening to this pod, hearing from an entrepreneur like Michael Jordan from Unreal, you have your own business, you want to protect your business, you want to work with someone who's going to pick up their phone, going to explain it to you like it's a children's book and basically insure you like he would insure his own family. That's Will Anderson Insurance. Nobody better. I've known him 
a long time, worked with him a long time. Nobody better than Willie Anderson Insurance, home, auto, commercial. So we both have the pleasure over the next two weekends of attending um, graduations, which I think, uh, I mean, is there anything worse than going to a graduation? Like the actual ceremony. Yeah, of it. it's pretty tough. The names and the walk up and waiting for the one minute with your kid. Do you know who the speaker is at Penn State? No, you know how it is at school so big. They have all sorts of different sessions. Oh, because so her smaller college yeah. will have somebody. Yeah, talk. so she she goes at one o'clock on Saturday. We're all going in for it, with the exception of my my son who has got finals at the U. And so I, I, I think they'll have some speakers, but I think it's just session. To, there's not some big, you know, arena where everybody's sitting there. Thank God, because that would take an entire day. Yeah, I we had a, almost had a glimpse of greatness. So there was a kid at St. John's that's like the real life um, John Belushi. He's he's been there forever. Older hockey player. Um, COVID, all of the extra years, and he's just a professional college student. And I think the student body voted on the graduation speaker. Okay. So this kid was going to speak. Well, I mean, I mean, you could have sold tickets, right? I, I had no idea what he would have done. Ends up, they host the case day party at St. John's, and um, and they they don't want him to do that anymore because it's very complicated and they have to have all these porta potties and there was a bunch of public. How, how does that work? Do they drink a case of beer like in one day in so, front of each other? Yeah, in a group. So you got 24 hours. So if we started and you were being conservative, you could stay up till midnight, to have, an hour. have four or five. Yeah, you could do you could do one an hour or okay. whatever. I mean, you could you could have six after midnight and then start the next day and try to do okay. But the issue is when people do it, there's a lot of, uh, they call it public urination, but it's really just people peeing in the grass and other people seeing them. But again, they're all in the same area. Yes. Like thousands of kids are sitting there trying to do a case of beer. Yeah. And you got to have like security and porta potties. Where do they have it? Like a field? At a house. So they oh should go out God. to a field. So this is all going to tie we, together for we, you. We have to film this. We should have done a documentary, but I, but so I, I looked into doing a documentary. One, everyone's too drunk. Right. Two, everyone wants to just have fun and doesn't want to be running around with a camera. So I guess we could have like a crew do it in the future. But so this guy's house is the center point of Case Day, and this and the school I think said. Um, they either didn't want him to do it or or whatever, and so he he couldn't. Oh, if you if you did case day or something, uh, if you hosted case day, you couldn't walk for graduation. You couldn't actually get your diploma in the official ceremony. Wow! And you certainly couldn't um, be the speaker. And so these guys talked about it, and they're like, "We're good." <laughs> We're doing case day. Yeah. Why? why you know. What's the rationale why you can't host case day? Well, that's what's interesting is my son is was there like, like a, is there like a pagan uh, sacrifice or something at the I, end? Uh, well, it is interesting that I don't know why you can be punished for doing something off campus that you're hosting. You've got porta potties. You've got security. I have no idea how a, a school's reach can say yeah. You're not going to get to walk on graduation if you do that in your in the privacy of your own home. I have no idea. Maybe it's all changed by now. Maybe I'm going to get the big surprise and uh, a guy's going to walk out in a toga and give the St. John's um, graduation speech. But at the moment, I've lost my uh, 
the 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 exciting part of graduation. He, he sounds like he's like that Bert Kreischer. Or what? How do you say his last name? Uh, he's the comedian that takes his shirt off. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I, have you heard I, about this dude? No. So he's like a super famous comedian now, right? Okay. It, it's Kreischer, I think. Bert. Bert. Is he funny? Have you watched? Him? Yeah, I think he's pretty funny. He's got this movie coming out called The Machine. So his whole shtick is this whole story of how when he was at Florida State, they went on a student trip to Russia. And I guess this whole movie's tied to this um, this night where he got tied to Russian mafia and all this stuff. Anyway, he uh, Playboy or one of those publications came in and picked Florida State as the number one party school. I think that's who used to do those party school rankings. And he was picked as the number one partier in the country. Wow. When he was in college. So this guy's a professional. Yeah. So he was like a six or seven year student. And did he get to speak at graduation? No, but he this guy at St. John sounds like As he, 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 might, he, might have a, he, he might have a movie. Yeah, this this is just all unraveling. But he um, he might this kid at St. John's might have a movie career ahead of him or a stand up comedian. Well, he's he's like um, he just is college. He'd be the guy in the morning. The hair is all over the place. He's, he's got a constant three four day beard. He's probably made clothing out of empty cases of beer. I mean, he's just, you know, a, a, a maybe a leopard's waking up in the bedroom. Yeah. So I, I really do hope he somehow gives remarks at this graduation because otherwise, I think St. John's is going to be the whole enchilada too. I don't think oh. they're dividing them out into like the... How many kids? Oh, I don't know. What thousand are, plus? It has even, to be. I don't even know, but that's it's a lot of names to read. Well, um, Caitlin, when she was a senior at Stillwater, she had 900 plus kids in her class, and they did it at Roy Wilkins Auditorium, and they cranked it out like in an hour. It was like money. That's great. I sat down, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be the longest day of my life. And we got out of there in an hour, and then Connor had the same size class. They rocked it like a military outfit. It was boom, boom, boom. And we were, I mean, noon to one fifteen. we were out of there. That's impressive. We, uh, you know, you invite, you get four spots for the St. John's graduation. And so we invited uh, one set of grandparents that live by St. John's. And I mean, that's not a great invite to get as a grandparent, right? Like, hey, you want to come. And sweat. You want to come sweat. Pass out from dehydration. Listen to names. Yeah. Basically, it's almost, it, it's like asking, someone's going to be reading the white pages for two hours. Would you like to come down? And we have a chair for you. Actually, we don't even have a chair for you. We've got a, a bench for you. <laughs> so maybe we'll get some dinner after. I don't know. But um, they love that stuff. They live for that stuff. I guess it's it's history, history being written. Can You Keep a Secret is sponsored by Duke Cannon. I know our wild are out of the playoffs. It's sad. It's it's heartbreaking, actually, but some of you may have maintained your playoff beard. I hope so. If you did, get the beard washes, the beard balms, the beard oils from Duke Cannon. They'll take care of your mutton chops. They'll take care of your goatees, handlebars, whatever game you're playing, they got your back. If you're unleashing the playoff beard, do it with Duke Cannon. Hardworking products for hardworking guys. Check them out at DukeCannon.com or at Target. Um, this weekend, I'm curious if you pay any significance. So you've got Cinco de Mayo landing on a Friday. Mm -hmm. Tally's is opening that day. They just old, got their newsletter. Yeah, so that's good. Um, and then Saturday, Derby Day, fastest oh two minutes in sport. Are you saying, am I going to wear a diaper this weekend? I, I, it's this... 
This day has aligned multiple times. Sometimes you get Cinco de Mayo on Derby Day and maybe a prize fight that night or a UFC fight. You yeah, because normally the, the like a Canelo would have a yeah. fight on Cinco de Mayo. It's the Turducken weekend, right? Yeah. You get the the you get the margaritas, you slide right into the um the Derby Day, put on some seersucker, and then you usually get a prize fight. I don't know, I'm not following. I don't know if there's a big fight this weekend, but there should be because this is this is it, um, and uh, but you'll be in Penn State, so State College, yeah, they're known for their single de mile. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. a that's a important tradition. Yeah. yeah, it's Happy Valley slash Cinco de Mayo. What would Happy Valley be? Felice Valley Dodd. I know. I said, oh, we oh. Might, I might make some shirts really quick, try to pay for the trip. <laughs> Have Gina running around selling them for two for twenty. Unreal can make them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, hey. Uh, just kind of working through the calendar here. Do you consider that it's spring? Like, is it, are we out of the eight months of hell? And no, you know, it's so funny. I was just, I bitch about this every year, right? So I feel bad for high school kids. So every year I bitch about this. Can you imagine being a spring sport athlete? No. I mean, the weather sucks. And even when it does become good, it's rain, drizzle, wind, and cold. And they basically have a month from May to June to play baseball, track and field, you know, golf, tennis. It sucks. So the answer is no. I, I just feel like we're in this purgatory of when is it, you know, when it's going to be nice and stay there for at least a couple months. You did an amazing breakdown of what it's like to live in Minnesota for me a couple of times. So just walk me through it, you know, start with winter and then what happens and what happens after that. Oh, you mean like, the, well, it's winter and then it's this awful <laughs> shitty spring and then you go into construction season yeah. full on. You know, it's a nice 50s, 50s, uh, 50 uh, state or city tour where you basically everywhere you go, you feel like you're trapped. Like you're like I get light. I feel like I get landlocked. I'm driving down dirt roads to go to places because of detours. And then it rolls into a nice frost right as you hit October with snow. And then you get back in where you don't leave the fucking house for uh, you know, seven months. It's awesome. So, oh, and don't forget the potholes. Don't forget those potholes. <laughs> and don't forget this horrible human we humid weather where you're just ready to just, you know, hang it up. You know, we just built a house and I'm like, we the, we built it in the wrong place. That's a bad realization where you're like, I love the house, but why did we put it in Minnesota? Maybe we can lift it. Well, the interesting thing is I, I actually don't hate Minnesota, right? So people have been like, oh, if you don't like it, get out, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong with what I just said. Well, what you said is true. And I've, I've lived here my whole life. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm where Minnesota with pride, but it, it's a rugged existence. Yeah, you have. You mean there is have you have to be a tougher type of person. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, again, I kind of take some pride in it too, and we like living here. But so. we're basically British. Um, I want to finish on uh, before Michael gets here. So like. You're going to be home on Mother's Day. I'm going to have the graduation on Mother's Day, uh -huh. which I think creates some space for me to kind of like, oh, we're going to dinner. It's a graduation slash Mother's Day. So I might be off the hook. What do you do Mother's Day? Do you, uh, is that something you tick the box on and do it well? Or you, or if you don't, you're in the doghouse? No, we're, we have a weird dynamic. I don't know how you guys, you are. Um, with your wife, but the longer we've been married, the less these milestones, I think, mean to us. I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but, you know, more or less, I make sure that the kids are doing, I always, my running joke to Gina is like, you're not my mother. 
You know what I mean? So I'll hook up my mom, but you know, these kids, you know, you got, you got to rely on these kids. So, but no, we try to make it a nice day for her and she appreciates everything. It's pretty cool. That's good. This might be our guest walking. It in. is. Yes. Oh, hey. nice. Perfect. What's going on? Um, come on in here. We'll, uh, actually give us two minutes just to close the section down and we'll grab you. Well, that's a, that's a pleasant surprise. Yeah. That's a bonus. I know. So well, how about you? What do you do? You just like, you're, well, you have graduation, so you're just going to. I think I'm off the hook. Maybe, I don't know. She doesn't like breakfast. She definitely doesn't like breakfast in bed. Um, that's like when you're like a young dad, you think they want like the kids to run up and bring them yeah. breakfast in bed. And that's yeah. like, I think that's like horrifying for a woman. Right. Like it's like they're making messes. They don't know what the kitchen looks like downstairs. I, I think bringing a woman breakfast in bed is like the same thing as like, it's as scary as clowns. Right. Like I think it's just, it's just like terrifying. That would be like, if you just woke me up while I was sleeping, shaking me, right. it gave me like a father's day gift. I think it's just as bad. Um, well, that's good. Hey, we're going to, uh, we got a couple sponsors. Um, we got a new one, a big one, custom one homes. Okay. So folks, if you, um, if you've ever been on the parade of homes, you find yourself drooling, you know, imagining the possibilities. You were probably in a custom one home. These guys are the heavyweights of home. They do build, they do remodel, they do landscaping, high-end houses. These are the kind of houses when they go into the neighborhood, it changes the whole neighborhood. It's good for everyone. And they're there for you if you want to change your space and, uh, design your dream. Uh, if you want to your place to be the place, check out custom one homes, mn.com. These are the jaw droppers. Um, this is the real deal. The big fancy houses, check them out online and learn more. All right. We have a special guest today. Um, the boss man from unreal. Uh, so I, Mr. Michael Jordan. And so when, what year were you born? Oh man, let's just dive right into it. Yeah, what year were you born? In the room. Let's ninety three. So the, your parents were aware that there was <laughs> another Michael Jordan when when you were born. So let's let's go through this uh, it, because it always comes up. Yep. Hey, this is he's the CEO of Unreal. He's making moves, and his name is Michael Jordan. There's always a little speed bump of like, uh, like come what? again. <laughs> It'd be like being named John Lennon, or I mean, it's like a it's a thing. Yeah. It'd be like take us your through kid it. LeBron James right now. I mean, it's just. And you go no middle initial. No, I do. That was the first mistake. You got to throw the E in there. So you are like Michael B. Jordan. You are Michael E. Jordan. So that one really rubbed me the wrong way. I started or I started throwing the E in there, I don't know, seven years ago. Before him. Well, probably not, but he wasn't known at the time. And then it was like within six months, he he just surfaced and became. He's like in Creed. Sexiest man of the year on on covers of magazines and stuff. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Now I look like I'm copying this guy. And I don't know, man. My mom wasn't over her head on that one, I think. How did it go down? How, so they're the Jordans and they're yeah. like, what should we name them? So my name was supposed to be Elliot. I was born two months premature. Okay. So I'm like this tiny little baby infant and when when i'm born she looks at me and she's like i just i think he, he looks like a michael i just love that name i want to name him michael and the nurses are like lady you're nuts you can't do that <laughs> and, and for good reason and and she so so she had some time to think on it because i was in an incubator for like two weeks and 
during that time, uh, the nurses just took it upon themselves to name me Air Jordan. So that was the name for the first two weeks is, is kind of the running joke, but my incubator literally said Air Jordan on it. And um, my mom called up her sister, Linda, who's actually in town, by the way. I'm gonna see her tonight, but- Hello, anyways. Linda. Hey, Linda. Linda, as, as the legend goes, Linda says, hey, you know, if you like the name Michael, name the kid Michael. The, the basketball guy, he'll be a flash in the pan in 10 years from now, and nobody will even remember. Well, they were dead right about that. Yeah, she <laughs> nailed it on that one. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. So Michael E. Jordan it is. And, uh, you know, have you seen that ESPN commercial with the, it's like a 60-year-old white guy with the name Michael Jordan? It's, uh, it's, oh, man, it's so good. Is it a This Is Sports Center? I think so. It's uh, what yeah, happens? Yeah. So the guy, I mean, he goes to the restaurants in like downtown New York and uh, reservation for Michael Jordan and and just disappointment everywhere. Disappointment everywhere. He checks into the hotel and and everyone's all excited and like people are poking their heads out of the back room like waiting for him. And <laughs> well, have you ever had any of that then? Have Every you ever day. had? Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> people actually day. like yeah, like there are people like oh, oh yeah. Have you met Michael Jordan, the other one, or I Michael haven't. B? I haven't, but. Was, someone just asked me this yesterday and I was like, gosh, it would be cool to... Great photo, the three of you. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. But we should try to steal the other MJ, the, the original MJ from Nike and bring him over to Unreal. That would be such a just incredible <laughs> that would be That would be an incredible <laughs> feat. Have him, have him call Linda to ask if that's a good business decision. <laughs> Right He's after doing she, all right, right after Jordan she mind. does crypto for us, um, I uh, I love that you went with the E Jordan kind of that's the, that's the right move, and you see it with Michael B. So we'll move on from this, but um, we uh, get like a PR <laughs> kit out there so that we, when we start these podcasts, it's like emphasize the E. You need to make sure that that's prominent. Yeah. I didn't even know that, and I you know I work with you. I I, I will I will bring the E back into the conversation. <laughs> um, Hey, do you consider yourself, uh, I don't know if this is a trick question or not. It's like Mary kill, whatever. So like, so are you an entrepreneur? Are you a CEO or are you a designer? I know you're all of those things, but when you think of yourself, uh, where are you at on that spectrum? That's a, that's a really good question. I, I my initial gut reaction was going to say entrepreneur because when, honestly, when I think of CEO, I think of like, a publicly traded fortune 500 company. Yep. And so I feel like I'm faking it a little bit in that regard, but it was, it was one of those things where it's like, you got to play big a little bit and, you know, in the, the email signatures. So I think I started doing that when we had like 12 employees and I was like, I'm such a loser, but you know, I just had to roll with it. And do you use an email signature? Yeah. I don't have a phone number on it, but yeah. Yeah. I, uh, we had a little argument about this in our company because uh, one of the employees was like, "You, everyone has to have an email signature. You got to. It's it's branding. It's, you know." And I, I was like, "There's certain people you work with in your life where they never have an email signature. Yeah, they're kind of like kind Pat, of the biggest ballers yeah. don't have it. Pat yeah. Fallon, like, yeah. there's no like, just probably signs off." Yeah. PF at the end in lowercase or something. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> what it, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah every yeah. baller does that. But I think you're in that same. You you can't have an email signature. <laughs> well, it's I don't know. Maybe that time maybe that time is coming. But uh, well, no phone number is kind of great too because it's like actually a worthless. <laughs> it's, it's just like here's my logo. Old. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way for you to find me. It, it was more of a legitimacy thing for a long time. Like when we again pl trying to play a little bigger than we were back in the day and. Uh, 
yeah, which I don't know. I haven't thought about it since, but um, yeah, I don't know. Definitely, I'm very hands on with design. I'm, I'm I can't tell you if I'm left or right brained. I think I'm just like very in in both. Um, and even when I'm doing like financial reporting and stuff like that and analyzing data, I somehow have like my creative side leaks into that, and I'm I, my spreadsheets are challenge me on that i don't think anybody's gonna have a better spreadsheet i you, promise you crush the spreadsheet yeah, oh yeah spreadsheet king everybody rips on me in the office i'm such a nerd at that stuff <laughs> it's about money that's what it, that's the way it works that's where the rubber meets the road mm-hmm. um we like to get into different topics on the pod but i do think we owe it to our listeners to um because i've never really gone through the whole thing with you i want to hear your story a little bit so you i know it's three hundred dollars in your pocket at some point in an idea you grew up in in white bear uh you go to mankato but i don't even know if you finish or not can you just kind of tell the entrepreneur story yeah Um, and i know you've certainly told it before but um we promised to poke and prod you after that but i think people would like to hear it for sure um so the Going back before the $300 for a second, so I was, um, when I finished high school, I, like I had good grades, had good ACT scores. I wanted to, but I didn't know what I wanted to do for college. I was kind of stuck. I wanted to become the best web designer, graphic designer, kind of creative ever, right? So I toured the Art Institute of Minneapolis and I thought that might be the, the home. Uh, until I toured it. And then I realized I've watched way too much Van Wilder growing up and had these crazy, you know, visions of what college was like. And that wasn't it. It was like kids with, you know, green hair, cross-legged in the corner. And I was like, oh man, this is... Uh, Just like Edina. You, you could have bullied them though. So that... <laughs> could have been the big dog on campus there. <laughs> I'm Michael Jordan. <laughs> and they actually don't know the other Michael Jordan. Yeah, that, that would be true. That would be true. You don't look the same <laughs> as him. The um, dagger of that one was sitting down to talk to the administrations people and found out it was like 35 grand a year in tuition. And I was broke. And I was like, right, yeah, I don't... That's not going to happen. So, so it costs a lot. Not as fun as college yeah. and doesn't seem like my people. So then you, you decide so then to go I, to school. So then I sat back on the couch and didn't know what to do for a little while. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to, why don't I do the business thing? And, you know, I've come this far on the web and graphic design stuff, just doing it on my own, diving into Google, YouTube, whatever to find tutorials. So let's, uh, let's round ourselves out here, go get a business degree. And so I tried to apply at Carlson U of M. But I was way past the deadline, like three, four months late on that one. And so then I was just stuck not knowing what to do. A buddy of mine calls and he's like, hey, man, I got an extra room at my apartment in Mankato. I was like, sure, let's do that. Yeah. And so that's how and that, that one That's happened. college. I was vetting it out really seriously. And no. Yeah, you looked at all. You did a SWOT analysis, <laughs> right? Um, but Cato, I mean, if, if the Minneapolis Institute of Art is is green hair i mean there's some togas down in cato there's a real college vibe right oh yeah that was the van wilder i was looking for i went down for a little tour and it was it was awesome so got the partying thing out of my system and you know had fun there but it was uh midway through my freshman year i was living in an apartment it was we kind of went in uh you know backdoor route and didn't do the dorms we went to an apartment um but my i had two roommates both named luke and they were they were skywalker yeah, one of them was. Okay, yep. that makes sense. Linda, <laughs> Linda was involved. He's like, hey, okay, so two roommates named Luke, and uh, and they they were playing Call of Duty to like the wee hours of the night, and I grew up playing Halo, and I, you know I knew the video game scene a little bit, so 
I'm like, well, I'm, I'm up late midnight. You know, I was doing a, a design project for like, I would just scour the internet and find jobs on freelancer.com or Craigslist or whatever. And I found this, this one happened to be on Craigslist and, uh, turned into, uh, well, it was dye sublimation printing. So like the hat you're wearing yep. and, uh, basically where you can full color print on a garment and it's instead of screen print or embroidery, you get a blank canvas starts as white fabric and you can just unlimited colors. And I'd never heard of this before, but think of like motocross jerseys or softball jerseys. Yep. That's, that's the, the deal. So, so this guy I found needed a catalog of Jersey templates for his softball Jersey company. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I can figure that out. So I'm designing these jerseys and, and, uh, my roommates come in, they're like, dude, you got to see this. They show me their laptop and it's it's um, these kids standing on stage at a major league gaming MLG tournament holding, you know, a $100,000 check, the big monster check. And uh, he's like, this is crazy, man. Kids are making six figures. I mean, it was shortly after that, seven figures on, on you know, video game tournaments. And I'm like, well, let me see that picture again. These kids are all wearing these like jerseys, but it was a screen printed t-shirt with like 10 logos on it. I'm like, hmm, might know a better way to do that. So I just quick searched gamingjerseys.com and nobody had thought of that one yet. So that was the first venture hmm. and uh, bought that domain with like $3 or something, you know, on a GoDaddy promo code and uh, fired it up. So I went to deliver um, the catalog to this, this client that uh, I had found on Craigslist. And I said, hey man, I got a, you know, here's your catalog, but I got another one for you. I'm going to launch this gaming jerseys business and I need a manufacturing partner. So you want to go into business together, basically be just like another, um, another sales channel for your existing business, you know, funnel in from the front end and same back end deal. And, and he's like, well, yeah, I, I offered him 49 and he was like, let's do 50, 50. And I was like, okay, sure. You know, I was 18 years old and he's 45. I was just stoked that he wanted to be in business with me. And, uh, so that one we fired up and it got super busy. We ended up signing a deal with Major League Gaming and basically everybody, we were the Nike of video games. So like what they are to the NFL kind of a thing. Um, it was Unreal the brand at that time or was it unbranded? It was Gaming Jerseys. Was okay. The name. So which in retrospect, it's like, you know, I don't think footballjerseys.com would have worked too well against the Nikes of the world, but uh it was where it all needed to start. And are you at this point, are you still in school or did you bail or where are you at in your life? Um, so with ran the, the company from my apartment through the rest of freshman year, yep. halfway through sophomore year and then dropped out. We flew yep. MLG flew us down to Dallas and we met with their executives. And I mean, this is a legit operation. It was like the VP that we were walking around touring with was, you know, full suit and tie, like. 65 year old guy he had just left he was the vp at major league soccer and he was like i see more opportunity over here like okay we're in we're in one here you know this is the real deal and so the way they had described it to us was um we want you to do every jersey for our whole organization so if someone signs up for a tournament they buy an official jersey through gamingjerseys.com mlg insignia on it and then you pay us a royalty for for using our logo. I was like, okay, great. This sounds excellent. And the numbers, man, like if you look at the volume that they have of teams signing up for tournaments, look at our conversion rate. And I mean, conversion rate, I mean, we even dumbed it down, even though I think it would have gone north because you had to buy the jersey through us. It was a $100 million business a year. I mean, it was crazy how big this gaming thing is getting. 
Now, um, now, mind hmm. you, that's with no competition yet, really. But then all of a sudden, the brand started to pop up. But later, after this thing collapsed, but. What happened was my partner, uh, the, the Craigslist partner decided. Uh, <laughs> That's the best way to find. <laughs> I just like, so your, your career starts with a 45 year old man on Craigslist. I mean, that's yep. usually, I think that's where Dateline starts. Most, <laughs> most of the episodes my wife watches. Um, so that goes sour or something, your partnership? Yeah. So I, at this time we signed it or we're getting ready to sign the deal. I dropped out of college cause I had to be full time in, in their facility and, uh, pulls me aside one day he's like hey i want to i want to give you ownership of the other company the softball hockey jersey company and um I'm like oh great you know i figured because i was <laughs> i was doing a lot of work for that company without getting paid for it but the kicker on the deal was they wanted to merge the two together as you know family members were all involved in that one and they were a little peeved that we were about to make a ton of money on the gaming side and so yeah. the idea was they own 75 and i have 25 but i do all the work <laughs> that's, like, usually, well, that's usually how it works yeah he's like, like well. so uh and so that falls apart what do you this is interesting you're, you're like into if you got nine lives as an entrepreneur you're into like two or three and you're 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 super young so you're when the dust settles what are you holding? You're holding a, a sports brand without the gaming. Is that what you're left with? Or are you just completely back to square one? Man, so that was so that was some of the best experience I think I've gotten in business because why is that? Well, I dropped out of I wasn't even in business school really yet. I'm doing all the generals at Mankato. And when I dropped out and then and then this happened, the dispute happens. I had to hire an attorney. We went through eight months of arbitration. It was just like day in and day out, like eight hours, nine hours a day in the attorney's office. You know, you deliberate, they go outside the room, deliberate, come back, try to get a resolution. And um, after eight months of it, I it was kind of like, all right, something is, he's trying to find a way to kind of screw me on, on this at some, some way or another. Mm -hmm. and, and so I just realized there's probably not a light at the end of the tunnel. I should probably just cut my losses, which was super difficult to do because I was, well, I knew what the upside was on the business and I was now a college dropout with like 70 grand of debt and living in mom's basement again and, you know. Stay hot. Yeah. And not in a great spot when that, when the dust settled there, I was left with the domain name basically and the, the trademark, I guess, but. Um, so how do you regroup? How do you turn the corner to the brand you have today, which is. Well, I. I looked at, I mean, I kind of analyzed the situation. I'm like, well, do I go back to school? Do I go get a real job and try to, I ended up doing that. I became a real estate appraiser because I had to somehow start paying the attorneys and paying the tuition bill. Um, but I was like, I oh, mean, I, I don't know, I'm still pretty young. I want to get back on the horse and do it again. I have 300 bucks in my savings account. I think we can do it. And so it was called up Coop, you know, our, our boy from yeah. Wicker Lake. He's the local embroidery screen print guy yeah. at the time. Derek and, Cooper. Uh, yeah. And so I called Coop. I'm like, hey, man, uh, I got 300 bucks. I need some hats and T-shirts. What can we do? He's like, come over. We'll figure it out. And because of my past history, I knew how to make a website on a shoestring budget. I knew how to do all the designs and everything. So I didn't need to hire anybody to get the foundation set. I just needed a few hats and T-shirts and sell those, double the money and, and buy more and sell those, double the money, buy more. So it was kind of just a uh, I mean, as bootstrapped as it gets, but that was... And it was team gear. Because I remember, you know, being in White Bear, when I want to get into the brand in a minute, like mm -hmm. how Unreal came about, UNRL. But but I remember it was like, 
these this guy makes the cool stuff for your team right it's, and at that time it was a new thought like nowadays i'm sure they have lululemon team gear and there's 15 different brands if you're on the right hockey team right but mm -hmm. at this time it was basically the old sports shop or, or new school would be unreal and mm -hmm. with the sublimate you had all these kind of different looks you could do quickly but so you start in team gear you're you're building on your every deal you're making yourself bigger mm -hmm. when do the four letters come into play that end up becoming your brand yeah so that was i mean that was the original idea i wanted to make a lifestyle brand called unreal because from the start from the very beginning yeah i mean i had the idea prior to the gaming jerseys thing falling apart but I didn't have time to do it. So I just kind of put it on the shelf and, you know, let it sit and collect dust for a while. And then once, once the whole thing folded, I was like, okay, option A, go back to school, B, get a boring job or C, fire up on real, let's pull the dust in, or blow the dust off of it and see what, what happens with that. So where does that idea happen? Cause I, I think, are you doodling those four letters? Is that a, you, somebody was, that's how you used to text? Like, how no, does it happen? No. So that's okay. So it was UNREAL and that's the name of the LLC still. We have a DBA for UNRL. Yep. And, and so I started the first hats we did, we took like the titleist font and, and wrote unreal spelled all the way out. That was the only cool one that came out really, because when you put unreal all, all the way spelled out on a shirt, it looks Too many a little lose. Well, yeah, and even in like block letters, it just looks a little like, dude, unreal. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. not cool. And, yeah. and so I realized that like two months in and I'm like, okay, we need something else. Uh, but the, the essence of the brand is good. I just got to figure out how to do it. And then, yeah, I was up all night just kind of doodling and and I'm like, oh, let's just kill the vowels and make it kind of ambiguous. And, and people will probably pronounce it UNRL. They won't know what it is right away and that might be good. Mm -hmm. um, and so just kind of on a whim, just say, let's change it up and we'll go to UNRL. And the same logo is still what we use today from from 2014 till now. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, hey, I want to make sure if you have something to ask him because I want to get into some of the lessons you learned. But well, no, go ahead because I, I I got a couple questions, but I'll wait till well, you. Uh, I mean, I think that plays into what I'm going to ask. To put a nail in the coffin on that one, the word "unreal." The reason for the the brand name is because every athlete winning a Super Bowl or World Series says that was unreal. You know, they use it to describe kind of the indescribable or best moments in life, and so. Like, gosh, every one of them keeps saying that word. Yeah. I was sitting in college at my buddy's house watching Sports Center or something. And I heard it three times. I'm like, wait, that's the name of the company, man. We got to capture that somehow. Well, hey, I, I just want to do, I'll just do one and we'll get some from Tom. But so we're entrepreneurs as well. We're, we're, we're well, the, we like to think we are. <laughs> we're the two, the world's oldest entrepreneurs, perhaps, right? And, but I, I would love to know now that you know what you know. And if you could go back to that kid in Mankato, you know, sitting on the couch, maybe you've, you've got the 300 bucks. Um, what, what would you tell your younger self? Um, and, and you did a lot of things, right? So it's not about course correcting. You're in a really good spot right now with your brand and business, but is there anything you've learned that you might go back and say, Hey man, um, don't forget this or make sure you do this. Or is there anything you would tell your younger self? Man, I would, I'm, I feel really blessed, fortunate where we are right now. And I, I think we've done a lot of things really well. I guess the best advice would just be, there's no cutting corners in this game, right? Like you can't, you can't, you can fake it till you make it, but you can't, you know, uh, 
you can't half-ass it and, you, and and just try to get stuff out there and get it to customers and hope it works. We, we made that mistake a couple of times where, you know, it was good enough. The product was just good enough. And we're like, we got to get it, you know, delivered for the event. And and those are the ones that backfire on you and you, you know it. But um, I think focus on building a, a solid team is probably one of the things I would have thought about or put more energy into out of the gates. And I say that kind of with a grain of salt because we have people that joined our team in Mankato when we were we couldn't even afford to pay them and they're still with us today and they're the best you know team players we've gotten mm -hmm. so we did a nice job at it but it wasn't like my core focus at the very beginning was building a team um and you know I guess understanding who you are as a brand and sticking to it I think we did a lot of zigzagging through you know you mentioned the team apparel but realistically, I mean, we were, whatever you wanted, we would do it. You know, if it was a bowling league, sure. If it was corporate apparel, you got it. You know, yeah. it didn't matter. It was like- Because you need that revenue. money. Yeah. Yeah, to start. Well, that's how we've kind of approached our business too. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of said yes to everything, mm -hmm. you know, based on how it makes sense. So one of the questions I have for you, so you've obviously done well. Um, you've had some ups and downs, which is important as you, and you're still super young. Mm -hmm. What keeps you up at night? And then the second thing is, do you get to a point, um, where do you get to a point where you're like, yeah, I figured this out? You know, I mean, like I'm, I'm in, what is your eventual end play? So what keeps you up at night mm -hmm. and what's your eventual end play with the company? Yeah. I mean, the things that keep me up at night, I would say are just, we we're using the term lately, self-inflicted wounds, just, you know, the kind of the, the shoddy handoffs of internal communication, little hiccups that it's like, man, why didn't we just like write down that process and then hand it to the next person and, and execute it again, you know? And so it's, it's kind of the, the silly, you know, mistakes where we're just moving a little, I think we're moving so fast and we have so much coming at us that like we don't even have an outbound sales team. It's all just inbound. And we have a handful of account managers that are processing it all. But I mean, we're, we're so, um, just focused on making sure we do a nice job and we don't drop the ball on, on, on the projects that we do take on. But I think we, me in particular, have a hard time saying no to a great opportunity. Um, and so I, I think just making, I don't know, the thing that keeps me up is, is worrying about, you know, are we dropping the ball here or there? Or, you know, do we follow up with John or do we, you know, do we make sure everything is, is buttoned up and, and going smoothly? And, uh, the, the the second part of the question how do you know when you've kind of put your flag in the ground i, I figured this out I'm, i've mastered it is I, I would say when when i'm not hands-on in in the day-to-day -day across the board of the business like when the business can run and not right now it can run on its own but i think my involvement is critical at the moment still to continue to scale and grow and you know, that, that's frankly, it's very much okay with me. I, I really love what I do. And, you know, I'm not in this, if, I'm not the type of, that's why I struggle with entrepreneur. Am I an entrepreneur? I don't know. I'm not looking to grow it, sell it, to start the next three businesses, grow those, sell those. So, I, I mean, we, I want to build something that lasts forever. So, um, I don't know. I could see myself doing exactly what I'm doing for a long, long time, but I'd say a hand, a few of our departments are just, they are, we have such good people that are running them that it's, I'm very hands off with it. And some of them we're still, we're still building that. And, and so, um, once all call it eight, uh, departments are really, uh, running and firing on all cylinders, I think that's when I would, uh, feel like, you know, my involvement is more of a, an add on than, than, uh, necessity.
What do you think your employees would say about your leadership style? <laughs> That's well, a good one. Well, 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 no, because it's amazing. Like they're still with you from Mankato. You obviously got a good handle on a lot of the pieces. You're creative. You understand your spreadsheets already legendary. Mm. So what would your <laughs> what would your key people say about you from a leadership style? Um, I think on the positive side that I really care about the people, um, that we have, and I care about, you know, doing things really well. And, um, hopefully they would say lead by example on the negative side. I think they would say my expectations are through the roof and impossible mm -hmm. to meet. Um, I, I don't, I, I think we're past the micromanagement stage. That was definitely a problem like four years ago, probably, but, um, you know, I could be better about, I guess, kind of asking people to go figure it out, giving them a little bit of insight, but not telling them how to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's one of my, um, one of my flaws for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's. Um, go ahead if you have another. Well, no, I mean, I'm just, what, I mean, last, I think the last question I'll let you finish up here is what kind of people do you look for to join your company? Athletes. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, we use that term. It's it's our core values, but uh, we made an acronym out of the word athlete. So it doesn't necessarily mean I played sports, but a lot of the time, you know, I, I would rather honestly hire people that did play play sports seriously and they know how to be competitors than the the biggest you know bookworm Harvard MBAs. Mm. Um, you know, that's not always the case, but people I like I like having people on the team that know how to work as a team one and two they know how to compete and they they want to keep getting better and better and and they want to win and I think that gets lost especially in today's uh generation right I mean so many people just like well now there's all these crazy games going on where people like aren't showing up to work because of the whole work from home deal or whatever but um I don't know we, if, if you're the, I just want a job and I want to clock in at, at nine and clock out at five. And I'm probably going to sit in my car for 20 minutes and clock in from the parking lot. You're going to get found out quick at unreal and it won't work. You know, you're not going to stick around too long. So we want people that are, are kind of that go-getter hustle, um, hustle mentality and, uh, the old school work ethic, you know, and we, we like to say we take the old school work ethic and we pair it up with the new school mentality of just kind of that work smarter, not harder. And uh, it's been it's been working really well for us. And, and we started putting that in our job outlines when we are advertising a position and people recently, we've had a few people come in and say, that was the reason why I, I really wanted the job is because what you said in that outline, I'm like, nice, it worked. <laughs> yeah, that's a great yeah. way to weed them out before yeah. they get in. I want to get into product before we let you go because so this this crossover hoodie you made, man, this is a, I know you've made some great stuff, but this is a Reese's peanut butter cup that you've invented here. Um, Tom you. and I have just started wearing these things because you did some merch for pull tabs. And we have, we have more people ask us how they can get them. Really? So, <laughs> so I'm going to try to explain it and then you're going to explain it. And then we're going to get into what you're most excited about next, probably on the golf side. But so this thing, uh, it's got a different hood. Um, so I always tell people what I really like about the crossover is up top, it's kind of tight. That's not the right word, but there's structure in the hoodie. So basically, um, you feel, uh, for me, it like it's almost like I get a little, little spanks up top that helps me out. And then um, I got the kind of the weighted blanket of this, the way the, the collar works, it just, it's like cozy and... I mean, this is just an unbelievable product. And I can say that because, I mean, I don't know how many people have knocked you off between 
who knows, uh, Tom Brady, every other brand in the world. Because uh, you, you really did invent a, a different type of hoodie. And I just like to hear, you know, your quick version of, of how in the hell that Frankenstein moment happened. And because it is special. Well, thank you. Uh, that was an interesting way of describing it. I, I like it, but uh, <laughs> and sales just plummeted. <laughs> Once you say man boobs, I think it's over. But, um, but well, yeah, tell us the story. Well, so wanted to make a hoodie. Every well, hoodies are just so popular, especially you know we came out of the team world, right? Doing a lot of different stuff from amateur youth hockey to the NHL, and I'm like, well, hoodies are great. That's what every team gets when you sign up, and the problem with it though is there, well, there's a few things one the drawstrings always are flapping around and getting in your face when you're trying to do a workout so let's fix that part and we and then the when it's super cold out your neck is exposed you're getting you know you're getting cold i just wanted something that that uh covered those two or addressed those two problems and then you were describing the fit i think this spanks reference but um, yeah, sorry about that. We, we like it's to call bad, it our it's a bad visual, athletic fit, but it's it, it's uh, amazing how it feels on. Our, that was the that was the biggest learning curve I think in this whole journey was like you know after the I started out buying some generic blank hats and t shirts and got bored of that a couple months in I'm like oh, I'll just make my own you know, how hard could it be hard yeah, yeah. there's the reason people go to school for many <laughs> many years to do it but um, but the internet's a, a wonderful thing so we, we figured that out and and. I've spent so much time on the fit that, you know, we do some things that are a little unique, you know, and try to keep it a little more tapered in the chest on a men's, you know, product, but loosen it up across the the lower, you know, body. So it's not like a slim fitting European shirt. It's, yep. it's, it's a little different than that. But and how about that collar? What was the inspiration on kind of this, the way that thing works? That was... Uh, actually, Sean Hastings from uh, Strauss gave me a little tip at one point early on. He was like... Look at the don't look at the hockey market for inspiration. Look at the ski ski and snowboarding market. And I'm like, really? You know, it kind of threw me for a loop. But he's like, yeah, I swear everybody follows that. He's a wise guy, by the way. He's yeah. super. I think him with the spreadsheets, he might rival me on on dialing nice. dialing in numbers. But um, at any rate, I, so I started. I, I dove in, started looking at at the ski market, and realized they do that high neckline on jackets, outerwear. I'm like, well, that would be kind of cool to put it in a hoodie. And and then I saw, I don't remember what it was, but I saw something where the hood or the neckline kind of overlapped. And so that was the original sketch. I overlapped the the neckline and, and kind of made it stand up tall. And it wasn't executing at all in the prototyping. And I'm like, screw it. We'll just do one big panel and uh, almost like a cowl neck. I don't know what you'd call it, but... Um, and so that worked and we, we, it took a long, you know, super long time to make it. I mean, I flew to Asia and, and went literally underground in China and went like, I don't know how many miles, but traveled thousands and thousands of miles and met with so many people searching probably thousands of fabrics until we found the right one. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into these products and then to your point, you know, of getting ripped off, like that is the biggest, people are like, oh, it's flattery. It's like, no, it's not, man. It's really not for me because the amount of time and energy that goes into making it, and then you just buy one off our site, ship it to your factory and say, make this one, you know, stitch for stitch, just duplicate it. It's, it's, uh, it's frustrating because there's no protection in this, this industry. So. Which is crazy. Did you know that? So yeah, like, you, you, you mean, you told me, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can make a shoe that looks exactly like an Air Jordan. Now you can't say, Air Jordan or put a swoosh on it, that's protected. But 
I mean, you can just send mm-hmm. send garments and say, make this for me exactly stitch for stitch the same. Yeah. That is, that seems wrong. I, I, I guess, I guess it would be too complicated to figure out how to handcuff people about what you can and can't make, but that is odd. It's, yeah, it's pretty strange. I mean, I think, well, with like art and song lyrics and all these things, they're very protected. So it's surprising to me. I don't know necessarily what the reason is. I've done some research and I think it helps keep the, keep things moving faster in the fashion world. But I don't know, it, it sucks because a lot of our products are not just fat. We're not fast fashion, you know, it's not like H&M. It's the, the crossover hoodie has been around for, I don't know, six years now, I think. And um, so when we put that kind of time and energy into something, I hope it lasts that long. And, and uh, you know, then when Barstool got on board with us, it was like Riggs, uh, their golf guy shows up on, on Twitter wearing it and it becomes like the golf hoodie. That was like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. That was like the impetus for hoodies being big in the golf world was Riggs wearing it. And then Jake Owens wearing it and all these, you know, big time guys. And now it's like every golf brand that exists has their own duplication of the crossover hoodie. Some are just like, so spot on exactly the same. So that that's, I don't know, kind of frustrating because the problem is we're not trying to go from, you know, 5 million to 20 million to a hundred million, you know, we're, we're well along on that journey, but we're, we're not, I mean, we're kind of going like a 40% growth rate year over year. Sometimes we double, but it's a little more methodical. We're not trying to raise a bunch of VC money and, and go, you know, to the big leagues overnight. And I, I think that's when you really start to make mistakes. So, um, with that kind of strategy in play, it, it's hard because someone else comes in and rips us off and they're a bigger name than we are and handcuffs you. Well, yeah. And can, and customers think that they created it and it's like, shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's brutal. Hey, so what, uh, what are you most excited about? Give us one product that, I mean, cause in your business, you, you have to invent things and the crossover is a great example of, of doing that. Um, what are you most excited about on the product right now? If you just had to say, this is my, this is my new thing. You got to check it out. What would it mm-hmm. be? Um, I've got a couple, but the, this has been just highly asked for requested for a long time. Our apex pant is like the, it's actually the number one seller over the crossover hoodie. They are, I'm wearing them now. They're phenomenal. Um, putting golf, golf belt loops and, and a fly and zipper on those has been a, a big request from customers. So that's finally coming out this month. Um, super excited about that. We have a couple of different golf pants and golf shorts coming out and um, just kind of getting a little more upscale on that side of things. But how would you explain the pants? I mean, are they, you know, what would you say? Like I did a really horrible job of explaining what I love about the crossover. How would you explain the pants? <clears throat> so it's a, it's a performance fabric and it's, it's a tapered ankle, but it's kind of like a, it's a hybrid jogger is what I say, but nobody knows what that means, but it's like a dress pant on the front and a mullet in the back kind of a thing. Yep. Um, so it, you can literally pull it off at a wedding. I mean, it, I've seen guys do it with the apex pant going out for dinner with a congressman and wearing a blazer with it. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. The, the fact that it's that versatile where you can wear them like sweatpants or wear them out to a, you know, a gala. Um, I think I said that word right, but I was, yeah, like, you I, said I, it right now. I was just going to, I was, yeah. just, I'm I was actually just, going you, to a gala tonight. I was just going to jump in and John jogging is when you actually start moving. Okay. It's just when you, we'll, we'll show you later. Faster than walking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what jogging so, means. So I'm hearing joggers for 
guys that don't think they would wear joggers. Yes, exactly. Right? That was actually the the reason. You know, like my dad, he's like, uh, they're like, hell no. My dad is <laughs> like got a, a country. Like he's the John Dutton uh, from Yellowstone. Yeah, very spot on. And he, uh, when I made these, he's like, I ain't wearing no skinny pants, joggers. Yeah. No, not happening. Finally, I, I kind of forced him to do it, and he calls me up like a week later. I need like four more pairs of those pants. They're they're pretty nice. Okay, give me send them all my way. He doesn't buy anything. He just shows up and kind of walks in like he's the mayor of the office and takes whatever he wants. It's so funny. Progress is good, son. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, um, hey, you guys give a lot back. So it's interesting on the inside of these hats. It mm -hmm. says "Leave a Legacy." Um. And, but that's not just a throwaway for you. Um, as I understand it, about 10% of what you make goes back to community and, and charities and which is pretty amazing. Um, that's like Paul Newman style stuff. What, what, how did that happen? And, uh, has that been rewarding for you? Absolutely. I think that's probably the most rewarding part is just seeing what we can, what we can do with our platform and, and that we can utilize this to make a difference and give back. And, and so Masonic Children's Hospital is a, a huge partner of ours. They're kind of our main beneficiary. So they've, they've, uh, we've been working together now for five, six years. And that's been a really fun thing, just seeing how you can make a difference. And, and especially kids that are going through something that I can't even fathom. I mean, having cancer multiple times before you're 12 years old, um, just crazy uh, scenarios or, you know, what, what I've started to really find a lot of uh, or get a lot of fulfillment out of is not just going with a donation, a big check to the hospital and seeing what they do with it, but going right to a family that's struggling, needs some help, um, being able to make kind of a big, big difference for one family instead of, uh, you know, sprinkle the infield and see kind of what happens with that. But it's uh, I, I would say my my staff probably would 100% agree that it's it's one of the coolest reasons uh, for working for this company, and you know their involvement has been critical. I mean they jump in and get hands on with all these. I mean we just did this warehouse sale last weekend, and I think we I think we did like sixty thousand in sales, which was really nice. I mean it was kind of like all of our obsolete you know stuff that was left over from last year, and. Uh, that we we just donate a hundred percent of the sales, so it's not even a like. There's no profit being being kept on that one, and it's you know to see my staff jump in and work on the weekends and and go. I mean, they had it was a lot more than just jumping in on the weekend to run it. It was a lot of planning and execution, and so it'll be fun to see what we do with with the the funds from that and how we're we're able to you know make a difference. And um, so yeah, the leave a legacy thing is kind of twofold. It's it's how do we make a difference in the community, but. It's also, you know, kind of what I was talking about earlier. We're not in this to do a quick flip on this company. We want it to uh, really last and stand the test of time. So I think uh, everybody on our team really buys into that. Well, we hope you do. And uh, Michael Elliott Jordan. You got it. Nice. Michael E. Jordan. Thanks for being here. I think. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, you know, if you're if you're listening, you know, I mean, what a story. Some adversity there, you know. Got standing eight counts, got to go back, and and sometimes you you find it, and if you stick with it, uh, you can build it. So check out Unreal if you haven't already. They're one of our own. Uh, there are guys, um, independent clothing brand crafted around the athlete. Thanks for being here, Michael. Thank you so much, E. Jordan. This is Kenny. Keep a secret. Peace. <laughs>